Hey there, Paige Browning here from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle with the wrap on today's top stories. And a quick note before we get rolling. We are taking a holiday break for the next two weeks. I hope you get some time to reset as well. It is important. We'll be back January 2nd. With that, here are today's top stories. It's Friday, December 15th. Jurors are now deliberating in the criminal trial of three Tacoma police officers for the 2020 death of Manuel Ellis. One Tacoma pastor says watching the trial has not given him confidence that the outcome will be just. Anthony Steele is senior pastor of the Allen AME Church. Steele says throughout the trial he's been disappointed over rulings in favor of the defendants and in the lack of national attention on Ellis's death. This trial is important not just for Tacoma, but for America, because this is some of the first times in our history where you actually have uh, police officers on trial for their for their actions. The officers are accused of using excessive force against Ellis on the night he died. Attorneys for the police argue that Ellis's death was not caused by officers' restraints, but by methamphetamine and an enlarged heart. Jurors are scheduled to resume deliberations Monday. Vaping companies have to pay up. Seattle Public Schools will get nearly $2 million from Juul and others after settling a lawsuit against vaping companies. Sammy West reports. Four years ago, Seattle joined districts across the state and country to sue Juul Labs and other vaping companies. They alleged the companies deliberately advertised and designed their products to target kids, leading to a dramatic increase in youth vaping and nicotine addiction. Now, the suit is paying off. Last week, the school board accepted a $1.75 million settlement. It'll be paid in installments over the next four years. The district says the funds will go toward fighting vaping, including prevention and early intervention. The money also may be used to address mental health issues that might lead a student to vape. Seattle is set to get its first payment of $750,000 from Juul this month. Sammy West, KUOW News. Also in schools, middle school closures are off the table in Bellevue. Superintendent Kelly Aramaki made the announcement at a school board meeting yesterday to the relief of many families. Having done this three-month review of what our community feels, of what our data says, and what our budget looks like, we are not recommending any middle school consolidation. Aramaki says the district will revisit the issue in two years. This fall, the district hired two demographers to study enrollment through 2031 at Bellevue's five middle schools and examine whether they're currently operating effectively and efficiently. And Superintendent Aramaki says they are. Plus, a slight boost in enrollment this year means the district's budget deficit isn't as high as expected. Still, Aramaki says making about $10 million of budget cuts will be hard, but he encouraged families to stay involved in the process. Two controversial totem poles must be returned to Pike Place Market. That is the word from the Market Historical Commission after a debate over whether the art honors local tribes. 
Ann Dornfeld has more. The 40-year-old totem poles came down during the recent renovation of Victor Steinbrook Park. They were designed by Marvin Oliver, a renowned Native artist from Seattle, and carved by non-Native artist James Bender. Some in the Native community, including City Councilmember Deborah Juarez, called for the poles to be replaced with works entirely by local Native artists in Coast Salish style. Totem poles are traditional to Indigenous peoples of Alaska and Western Canada. Others defended the poles. This is a part of history. Seattle artist Preston Singletary, who's Clinkett, says the poles designer Marvin Oliver made a huge contribution to Northwest Coast art and was Quinault, a Salish tribe. I agree that there should be more Salish style art, but the erasure of taking these totem poles down, I think that that's the wrong move. The Historical Commission agreed and said the city must return the poles to the park, but first repair them after they were poorly stored outdoors. Ann Dornfeld, KUOW News. Any of you live near an Amazon delivery station? They're big hubs that hold goods. A new study found that people who live within two miles of a hub are exposed to more air pollution than people in outlying areas. Engineering professor Ann Goodchild directs UW's Urban Freight Lab and co-authored the study. The distribution center is where everything comes and goes. So if you live closer to that, you are closer to all of the traffic. Whereas if you live farther away from that, then really the only traffic you're exposed to is the stuff that's coming to your house or your neighbor's house. They focused on Amazon's last mile delivery stations, the last stops before a package hits your doorstep. There are eight last mile hubs in the Seattle, Tacoma, Bellevue, Everett region. And it gets worse. The neighborhoods have high populations of low-income households and people of color. And the people living in this increased pollution are actually less likely to be the ones ordering from Amazon. An Amazon spokesperson says the study's conclusions are flawed and that the company has a growing fleet of electric vehicles. Seattle's new city council is starting to take shape. Mayor Harrell welcomed what he called a new cast of characters to City Hall this morning. These council member-elects have earned the right to lead the city, and we are excited to be partners with them. Five new council members will be sworn in on January 2nd. One of their first pieces of business will be to pick a replacement for the citywide seat vacated by Teresa Mosqueda, who won her race for King County Council. When they do, two-thirds of the council will be made up of new members, a turnover Seattle has not seen in decades. To housing now, during the pandemic, demand surged for an old form of affordable housing, mobile home parks. That's attracted outside investors who are buying them up and raising rents. In 2024, lawmakers hope to find more money to help residents purchase the property themselves. Joshua McNichols has the story. Tom and Patty Gilbert have filled their mobile home in Carnation, Washington, with fascinating objects. Geodes, trilobites. There's a cave bear tooth in there. (laughs) But they may become homeless if the investor who's buying this community raises the rent by much. We're not aware of any other place that we could afford. I don't know where we would go. A recent state law alerts mobile home park residents when the land beneath them is put up for sale, giving them a chance to buy it themselves. But without more help from the state, few residential communities can match private offers from investors. 
State lawmakers hope more funding could help seniors and low-income families succeed with these deals. Joshua McNichols, KUOW News. Running through a few stories now, a new ruling gives Washington State University and Oregon State University full control of the Pac-12 board. Today, the state Supreme Court weighed in on the fight for control of the Pac-12 Athletic Conference. The Bay Area News Group reports that the court turned away a legal challenge by the University of Washington and nine other schools. It means WSU and OSU will be able to make decisions about the conference's assets. The Link Light Rail is going to cost $3 flat starting next fall, no matter how many stops you're doing. Sound Transit's board approved that flat rate today. Currently, rates are $225 to $350, depending on how far you're going. And Seattle will lose one of its homeless shelters next year. King County Metro will close the Eagle Village Shelter in Soto, which caters to indigenous people, next March. The Seattle Times says Metro is going to use the land to store vehicles. A short note from me, Paige. The news can be a lot. But each day, our show works to help you feel connected to Seattle with local news to help you understand this place. But this high-quality local coverage only happens when you support it. So as we end the year, we're asking you to support the show with a donation. It's a small action that makes a very big difference. We put a link to give in the show notes. And thank you. And that's a wrap from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle. A wrap on the day and a wrap on the year. Let this serve as our holiday out-of-office note. We're taking a winter break until January 2nd. Our team is made of one producer and one host, Andy and me. And to do our best work for you, we're going to hit reset for the next couple of weeks. To our listeners, we are so glad that you're in it with us week after week as we log what's happening in our Seattle community. Local news is so important for a functioning democracy. And by you tuning in, you help build community. Our producer is Andy Hurst, and I'm your host, Paige Browning. See you in the new year.